Just a reminder that this podcast does not provide medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. This content is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your qualified medical provider if you have any questions concerning a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it based upon this information or anything on this podcast. The content presented on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Hey everyone, welcome back to Tuning In From Within. Today we are featuring Blake Thomas and Cole Awazasa on the topic of well-being as a former athlete. Blake is a current second-year Master of Public Health student with an emphasis in epidemiology at the University of Nevada, Reno. He was born and raised in Waterloo, Iowa and moved to Reno, Nevada a year ago to join the MPH program. For his undergraduate degree, he was a double major in biology, health science, as well as health promotion with a focus in world health. He was a collegiate athlete throughout his undergraduate degree at the University of Northern Iowa. His interest is in health disparities in multicultural communities and analyzing health-related behaviors in different communities. He plans on becoming an epidemiologist in either the hospital setting or the health department sector. Cole is also an MPH student with an emphasis in health administration and policy at the University of Nevada, Reno. He was born and raised in the Bay Area in California and played and was recruited to play collegiate baseball. His career goals include joining a hospital administration team in the future, and his hobbies lie within working out, staying active, and playing golf. Welcome, and thank you guys so much for being here today. How's it going? Very good, thanks for having us. Good to be here, excited. Well, you know, you begged and you begged, and I just finally came to terms with it, and I realized these guys are so desperate. I might as well just have them on. Beg is a stretch. You thought I'd be a little nicer just because we're recording this, but... (laughs) I know, I can't talk about how I pick on you in class, but you know... (laughs) You can throw that in, whatever you want. Okay. So today we're talking about you guys as former athletes and how you stay healthy and just maintain your well-being too. So we'll just dive right in because I am curious, what previous competitive sports were you all involved in? Uh, I was involved in baseball. Uh, Previously, I was involved in uh, football for my undergraduate degree. Mm -hmm. And can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like where were you guys at when you played these sports? How long was it for? Uh, mine consisted mainly of high school. I got recruited to play Division Two ball out in the Midwest. Um, it turned out to be pretty expensive. Um, it was a smaller liberal arts school, and I uh, decided to not do that in the end. Yeah, uh, just like Cole, kind of just played sports throughout high school, middle school, kind of grew up in a whole kind of atmosphere. We both kind of did, kind of always been in competitive sports, always been pretty active, had like very competitive nature as his athletes throughout high school and I played in uh, Division One at University of Northern Iowa and that was just uh, D1AA so it was FCS school kind of like been doing that for five years redshirted did all that stuff and now I'm out in Nevada enjoying public health what is FCF? What is that? FCS is like, so they got D1. So like Nevada here is D1 because they're in the Mountain West, which is consisted of very high profitable colleges that get a lot of unsubsidized money from the state. (laughs) 
we kind of get the lower end of the subsidized money. So whatever they have left over, like in Iowa, Iowa State, we kind of get the rest of it. And it's kind of like different levels of competition. So we definitely play FBS, the larger schools every now and then, but we have our own kind of like competitive um, conferences mm-hmm. amongst the whole FCS and stuff like that. So it's just like mm-hmm. the D1AA the F- or the FCS is called today. It's kind of just uh, kind of not, not a step below, but it's a different sector of the Division One. There's the different tiers, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a different division. Like okay. I would have been in the private school division. That is so crazy cool. I did not know that you had that offer in the Midwest. Yeah, um, yeah. They didn't really offer me any money, and it was going to be probably like between forty to fifty k a year. Um, and I didn't want to do that to my parents and I just decided I would come to school to do that instead. Um, oh. I mean, I wasn't, I, I didn't think I had it in me to continue because our high school regiment was pretty serious. Um, I would go pretty much from the end of high school till about 9.30 at night. Um, so, I mean, I was, burnout was a little bit of a factor, but for the most part too, I didn't want to put like my parents in that financial situation and then. Uh, it just didn't seem worth it to me because I didn't think from there I would get the attention to transfer to a D1. Would you be a walk-on? I mean, or are you, um, you would have been just accepted? I think I think I would have been classified as a walk-on, but I would have been able to have like a roster spot like going into it. So mm-hmm. um, they wouldn't have me, you know, obviously enroll there for nothing just to pay full freight and not be guaranteed a spot on the team. So um, obviously it was... I would have been registered too, probably as a freshman. So it would have been tough to make a splash and transfer over to a D1. Yeah. Dang. That's so interesting. I did not know these things. And you know what? You would have taken that. You would not have met me. So things really just worked it. out for you I in the long run. I'm definitely, um, like, there are times where I look back, it's like, oh, I wish I had taken a shot at it, but I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Yeah. Definitely. So, Cole, you kind of had spoiled or did a little spoiler there where you talked about how you had practice in high school until 930 at night. Yeah. Was that the same with you, Blake, too? Yeah, definitely. Like when Cole explained to me his kind of regimen in high school, I was like, wow, that's kind of intense for like a high school. But then he kind of gave me more explanation about California because Cole's from California. So him, his explanation of the entire baseball realm that California <laughs> has, especially where he's from, is very competitive and it's very intact and like just perfect ball and all that stuff like that. Yeah. But it's pretty intense. My kind of um experience with that probably during like my college undergrad, um, we did a lot of like just spring training and fall training and like you had like zero time to yourself essentially. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of like tiered on like a lot of different people because some people can handle that workload as well as do a class and be successful but then sometimes there's the other flip side where like there's a lot of like four players and really bad majors because they can't prioritize like being a football player as well as doing school and kind of like that edges off into like them taking like very un I want to say like very profitable majors, but it's just the fact that it's very easier majors that they might not be interested in. But it's so time consuming, like playing Division One football and having school and having all these credits and like finding time to like do certain things. So it's kind of like you put into like a certain bubble into a confine where you can't do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because I hear kind of a split between the two. So being in a competitive sport a lot of it does help you maintain your health in terms of strength and mm. endurance and all those other key pieces. But then on the flip side of that, you're not getting much social connection outside of it. You're not able to prioritize your schooling. 
Is that is that right? Am I on the right page there? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, like, I know a lot of cases, I know a lot of friends, this really kind of, like, filled their, this mentally and just physically ran into the wall by, by the time they, like, are a junior. And it's, like, it's very, very just, like, tension on your mental, physical, and just everything is pushed to the, to the limits, which it does make you a stronger person once you're done doing that, because I do, I wouldn't change anything I've done, like, my undergrad where I play football at, because I'm from Waterloo, that's where I'm from, and the school that I went to to play football at is pretty much 15 minutes away from where I live at, so it's kind of like a hometown kind of thing, so, like, I was really appreciative to have the opportunity to play Division One football as well, it's kind of like play somewhere so close to home. And like, I feel like that experience kind of propelled me to like really be in the spot I am today with like meeting people like y'all and I'm in the world of public health and kind of understanding how like important it is to like be just uh, very emphasis and impactful when it comes to like um, public health. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and like what Blake was talking about earlier too, how it's so strenuous on, um, you know, mental, physical even. Like, I mean, I know in football, you're taking a beating every day. But I think that's why, like, burnout is such a big thing, too, because, I mean, baseball is, like, more injuries kind of just kind of stack up Mm -hmm. over time, and then nothing ever really gets falling better sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I think that's why burnout is, like, such a big thing. Hey, that's a perfect transition. So what were the injuries that you had faced in your sports? You got a long list night. I don't got a super long list. (laughs) How much time do we have? (laughs) Right. These are being on the podcast. But um, I know my junior year, my sophomore year, I had had, um, partially tore my ACL and fully tore my MCL. Had surgery, missed out a whole season. And then... I was good for like the remainder of that. I can't have like a couple of like nicks and bruises, some like stuff like that. But my senior year before I graduated, I had like a serious concussion. Like I missed like a game. I missed two games actually after that concussion. It was like, it was hard for me to really like focus in class. Cause I, like, I always thought with the idea of concussion, everyone's like, you know, you get concussion during the game. Like I got an actual diagnosis <laughs> of having a concussion. It was really like, I could not really be mentally there in a lot of different cases and that really kind of like blew my mind like okay this is really an extense like intense thing that people really need to be like knowing about and kind of like take serious because for the longest time I never took it that serious yeah I never took mine seriously yeah why do you think that was why didn't you take it seriously I just feel like, like me and Cole, like being competitive and like you just like, all right, you got to do what you got to do in order to play. Like, I mean, you, you just being that, that competitive nature just makes you want to just do the best you can, regardless of what kind of state you're in. And everybody thought like having concussions, such like a, such like a thing where it's like, okay, that kind of, kind of happens. Cause especially in a context for like even certain things where you just think that's going to happen regardless. But once it gets down to the fact where it's coming to like a straight, diagnosis and like we have to go through these certain protocols so you can get back to being normal that's like puts yeah. it in perspective like okay this is really like something that like can really hurt you mentally and like yeah. kind of be in some places be like a chronic thing like be a long time lasting effect on some people oh yeah i mean especially when i had my concussion too my gpa dropped a whole 1.1 yeah. I went from, wow i went from a 3.8 student to a 2.7 um Parents weren't too happy about that. Coaches weren't too happy about that. And neither were my teachers. Um, so, um, but I mean, to the extent of my injuries, I had my concussion. Uh, I had broken bones in my foot. Um, I broke, I had uh, broken both bones in my wrist. Um, let's see, um, my shoulder's pretty shot. Uh, and then I got a bad neck. Wow. 
Yeah, uh, I had and a, it was a laundry list. I had it's a longer than mine. I don't know why. Yeah, I had. <laughs> well, no, it was uh, probably about like a two-year span. Um, it still comes back every now and then, but I'll get muscle spasms in my neck. Um, so then basically my neck is just locked up all day, and I'd like instead of like turning to look at play, I'd literally have to turn my whole body. Um, you know, it affects me being able to drive, like you know, even being in school, just being like literally constant pain, trying to stay straight and look at the like whiteboard and stuff like that or like you know um it was pretty that one was pretty tough um but i would say i will say though my um foot injury came from playing i played basketball for about two years in high school also so um uh that one kind of originated there just didn't get better um but yeah i think what blake's talking about like competitive nature and everything especially with uh the area i'm from too we do everything we can to like stay competitive and get that competitive edge because I mean even like I mean for me I remember in Little League Little League was like absolutely cutthroat um even starting out like when I was like seven or eight probably um, like I mean because I mean, you're a child <laughs> yeah kind of but you know I mean coaches yell um yeah. parents are crazy and um you know rivalry rivalries form and stuff like that so um, it gets, uh, it's, it is pretty nuts, uh, especially like, you know, with all-stars being a thing and tournament TOCs or mm-hmm. tournament championships and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Does the, it's the climate of it, which is interesting. Cause I, you know, I did gymnastics for 12 yeah. years, 13 years, mm-hmm. and it was really similar too. Cause it was competitive and you get a concussion and it's really normalized. Mm-hmm. Like you sit out for a little bit and then they bring you back in and you keep tumbling yeah. <laughs> and, you're, and you're seeing double. Yeah, and then in terms of healing injuries too, it was like, okay, go to the doctor, get it taken care of. Mm-hmm. And then be back here right when you start to feel somewhat okay. Yeah. No, definitely. I played on my broken wrist for about three seasons before I even knew it was broken. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then, um, yeah, my concussion, I – so, okay, y'all going to be mad at me, but um, I actually didn't tell anybody about it. Um, I just kind of rested for – I just took the week off like my coach gave me, and then, uh, I mean, it wasn't on him. I should have said something. Um, I didn't. Um, I was really involved with, like, um, sports medicine because we had a class for that. We had actually two – regular advance and so the um the athletic trainer um was a teacher of that and so like she kind of used it for all the athletes in the classes or in the class to like kind of keep tabs and yeah she was uh less than pleased to find out like that was the reason i had been off for about two to three weeks and like why i couldn't even just mentally be there and thing is that is a normal thing in all Mm. sports that people are trying to refrain from letting people know about truly how they feel physically so they can be still competitive yeah do you think that's just the climate and culture that's created but do you also think that the coaches perpetuate that um i think it depends on what kind of player you are um i think if you're the star player of the team obviously like i mean yeah yeah, coach is gonna have an issue with you sitting out but I mean, if you're just the average Joe that's just a plug-and-play kind of guy mm-hmm. where you can be easily replaceable like that, um, you know, I don't think, you know, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I should take all the time you need because, I mean, in my spot, too, I got my concussion my junior year. So I am <clears throat> I was literally – I was just competing with a senior um, to take, and I ended up taking a spot. But um, it was tough because, I mean, I, wa- I didn't want to lose it. You know, I didn't want to – I don't want to give him any kind of edge over me just because like I wasn't there, you know? Um, so, I mean, it was that kind of like competitive culture again. 
Mm-hmm. I agree with it's that so too. Tough. It's like it's crazy because when Cole says that, I agree. It's like the competitive edge, but then it's yeah. also that like little little window of like coaches feeling like so you're not gonna like do what all you can in order to be the best for the team. Yeah, it was like you almost get into like a whole like corner. It's like oh yeah, so you're not gonna do this for me. Like all this time I put into you. Yeah, like it's like that. But entitlement of your well being yeah. is like inflicted on them for like not you not allowing yourself to like go out there and hurt play with a broken foot of like you don't feel yeah. like the best you they you almost like letting them down in a sense and it's like obviously everybody's job is on the line in yeah. different tiers like mm-hmm. high school college stuff like that but it's like some coaches will put you in the corner it's like okay well I have you on the team for a reason yeah and you're not gonna play and you're not gonna yeah. play so how, how does that reflect me as a coach of me allowing you not to play on something I'm I'm so in like yeah. invested in where it's not saying you less invested than the coach is but it's mm-hmm. like there's a certain line when it comes to morality and like yeah. understanding that there's certain aspects of like these kids or like these people you're working with where it's gonna like reflect off you and sometimes that might not be the best light oh yeah 100 percent. because yeah. i mean i think that was kind of more the culture of my child ball team rather than my high school team my high school team we weren't really that competitive just the surrounding area and so much talent like we were just outgunned every game um but like we weren't bad we were kind of like a middle of the pack in the division kind of guys mm-hmm. Um, but I think for travel ball, I mean, cause we had, there were four teams for travel ball in the program I played in. So we had the Connie Mack team. So they go to the world series every year, um, in New York, they were, I think their whole 12 or, or no 15 man roster were D one commits. Um, wow. which was pretty impressive. Um, there, I was on their second team. So they had a showcase team. Um, that they took to all the college tournaments and stuff. So I was on that one. Um, and they had like two pay-to-play teams. So it was the kids that like, I don't want to sound like arrogant, but that weren't that good. Um, but um, it was pay-to-play. So um, obviously parents sign you up and pay for it. Mm-hmm. Then you play it, but they're not the teams that they're taking to showcases or anything like that. I was on the pay-to-play team. They were, well, <laughs> um, but even bye, then, bye. But even then, because like the program I was in is pretty, uh, pretty big in the area. So just to have that jersey and wear that hat was like a big, like I guess like a social thing. Uh, sometimes I would even cut into the parents too, because like, oh yeah, my kid plays on this team. Oh. Um, and so it, it's like a big, it was like a big thing to be a part of. But I mean, obviously, if you're in the community, you know who's who. So you know who's pay to play, and you know who was actually on the team. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I just gathered a lot from this. So I hear a lot of things such as manipulation from coaches, right? You know, don't make me look bad. I chose you for a reason, all those other things, whether that's subconscious or not from them doing that. And then the other part too, is it extends to the greater community. And so you're not just representing you and your small team. The community knows you as this person representing this team and you just don't want to let anyone down. Yeah, and like even then, coaches at colleges knew of the program I was in. I think I played oh. a, I played a showcase down in Northridge, and um, I was wearing, I had all my gear, my bag, and like my hat and everything. Coach pulled me aside. He's like, "Are you one of Don's guys?" And I was like, "Yeah, I am. Actually, I'm on the showcase team. I just came here because I was looking to go to college here, um, my junior year." And so, I mean, that program was like notorious through like, well, I don't know if notorious is the right word, but notoriety. Had a lot of notoriety. Yeah. Well, yeah. They were known for literally just pumping out D1 athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy, especially with the strict regiment we were on. <laughs> but, well, yeah. So what was the – give me an example of both of your past experience with strict regiments. What does that look like? 
No, I remember someone posted a picture of like the whole like football schedule, like as usual. Because right now there has been a strict no two a days at all. Like that got rid. They got rid of that because there was like a lot of like players dying from dehydration. So yeah, it was crazy. So like the last two a day I was a part of was like two thousand and seven. 2017 was like the last year. Like, okay, after this, after this season right here, there's no more two a days because like some coaches would abuse that fact that they could have their players for that uh, extended amount of a time and like just pump as much information to them, pump, pump as much like weightlifting, practices, yeah. and everything within like their whole period. So like the worst one I probably been to was when I was a freshman, and it's like y'all, Nevada, had, it's really hot out here, but y'all don't have humidity, so that's the yeah. that's like. The perfect yeah. thing out here. Y'all have a dry heat. In the Midwest, like Iowa, once it gets like to 85, it feels like it's 100 degrees because mm-hmm. of humidity. So you just oh, yeah. all sweat it out. So I know that we that summer we would have practice from like literally a whole month worth of like practices of to it. And so we took a whole week, right? And I was four days out the week, you at least practice twice a day. Mm-hmm. So if you had it together like twice a day, once four days, and like you practicing longer on the days you're not practicing twice a day. So it's like a whole thing. So a regular day, like on Monday, we practice in the morning, wake up at like five o'clock, go stretch. Practice starts at six. So you gotta be there at least probably like a half hour, 45 minutes earlier to get ready. So get stretched, rolled out, taped yeah, up. Get your mind right too. Get your mind right before you go to practice. Mm-hmm. That, boom, get done with practice. After that, you have like an hour to where you're eating, eating lunch. And then after that, you go into the film rooms and sit in the room with your coaches and look over like the practice you just did for like two or three hours. You're done with that, boom. You got like an hour nap in between. Then you're getting ready for the next practice that you have, like literally two hours later. It'd be like six o'clock. You have practice from like six to seven, six to eight. You're done. And then boom, you go watch that practice you just did right there again that same night. And then boom, you have like a midnight snack or something like that. Then you go to sleep and wake up and do it all over again. So you maybe get about five hours. If you. You're supposed to get eight hours, but it's like people never like get them because you have to like come in and get trainers and like meet with them and kind of like stretch out and get like because we get yelled at if you don't go in and meet with the trainers. So it's like, okay, I guess I'll show up at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning to go get stretched out, get rolled out before I have to go get punished in another practice. Like, yeah, so you're running on hardly any sleep on top of over exhausting your body, exactly. And that's just like the, the month before school starts. When school yeah. starts, that's when like people don't get it really adjusted to the fact that oh I gotta go to practice and class. Yeah. Like it's you yeah. you kinda like mentally like, okay, well I don't know where I'm kinda at right now, so mm-hmm. it's kinda one of those things. That is incredible. How is yours, Cole? I'm curious the difference. There. Um see, are we talking summer schedules or like during school? Either one, whatever is the hardest. Yeah, those the strict no, no. regiments, whatever comes um, up for you. Well, okay, so for my for during high school, um like during school years, so we'd have uh, we'd have nothing in the morning. School started for us about seven thirty. Uh, a lot of us had to take that eight period before school actually started. Um, so school would end about three. We'd have on field practice from about three thirty till about five thirty six ish. We'd have probably about a half hour break, but most of us would be using that half hour to pick up some fast food and go straight to the hitting facility. So we had a facility, it's kind of like a big warehouse. Um, we had like a weight section and uh, like a whole section of probably about four or five batting cages uh, with all the pitching machines and everything. So um, we'd get there at about like six-ish, I want to say. Um, get there about six-ish. We'd have weight lifting for about hour and a half, two hours, depending on how long it took. And then we'd have an hour and a half of hitting after. 
So we'd be in the cages for about an hour and a half. So we'd be there at this facility till about 9, 30, 10. Um, summer ball, <laughs> summer was uh, actually just as bad. We would do, uh, we'd start, we had, we'd start out with scrimmages probably around like nine in the morning. Um, and then we transitioned that from that, we'd get like probably about an hour break. Um, but then we'd go straight back to field work till about, from about, scrimmages would go from about nine to 1130-ish and then kind of like around noon we get our hour break we'd come back and we'd have on-field practice um till about two or three um then we do live batting practice so we'd have the pitchers throw against us um and then we'd get another break and then we'd have weightlifting and hitting again at the facilities um but the hitting hitting would kind of uh go back and forth but i mean it was uh it was a full day for sure we didn't have a lot of time I mean, especially being in high school, you know, you want to be a kid, you know, your friends are like, oh, we want to go do this. We want to do that. You can never really do that. Schoolwork is an afterthought at most. And then, um, you know, obviously it's kind of strenuous on your relationships with your friends or, I mean, if you're a boy, you want to chase girls. Of course, that's kind of tough to do when you literally have tournaments every weekend and you're available for like maybe two hours in a day. But I mean... Um, I mean, these are like always at the worst times. I mean, there's sometimes we get hitting off, like, you know, after weights, we'd be able to like go home at like 8.30. But I mean, more often than not, we had we had to do what we had to do, especially because uh, one of my coaches would always say, if you're not getting better, someone else is. So, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of falls into that mani- manipulation part you were talking about, you know, where we have to not only keep our spot on the team, we have to like beat out other guys, you know I mean? Which, I mean, it was like pretty tough, but everybody kind of knew their spot on that team. And so um, it was kind of more in reference to like trying to get noticed in high school, which is way tougher because my school didn't have the connections or recruiting that like, you know, my travel ball team did. But do you feel like you're more motivated or do you feel like you're more manipulated? I, feel, to the sense I of- felt pretty motivated. Um, I knew that was where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that getting some attention and getting recruited to play ball somewhere was something I wanted to do. Um, kind of just wish I had done a better job, but you know, <laughs> um, glad we're here. I'm glad I did what I did. Mm-hmm. It definitely builds a resiliency. Yeah. That is for sure. All the manipulation, all of that. I mean, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. And I think that they are changing the culture in a sense with competitive athletes being younger, just because concussions are now coming to the forefront. Yeah. I think that they're getting away with much less than they were when we were all doing sports i mean blake you were doing in college though more recently but yeah even then like you said they're not doing two days anymore that's because that i cannot i cannot imagine like doing a two day out here like it's like it's kind of like really hot out here too like yeah doing two days in las vegas i got the dome and everything but even still like you just getting like you running your body into the ground literally Mm -hmm. after like just punishment after punishment and it's like you get you get 30 practices like they're up they're allocated a certain amount of practices of minimum and maximum and i don't know any school that does not do the maximum amount of practice they're allocated for that certain like summer before school starts yeah so so transitioning now into you're both young adults you're in grad school you're not playing competitive sports anymore i think it's pretty common with competitive athletes to suffer from chronic pain you know, you were talking about your spasms, Cole, and yeah. all the other injuries that you've had. So how are you, what are some of the things that you're doing to take care and nurture your body now 
that you're kind of recovering from <laughs> the years yeah. of being an athlete? Um, I would just say probably trying to like just stay emotions healthy. Um, I know Blake and I both we go to the gym probably just damn near every day. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we're we're there probably about like five or six days a week typically, but um, in even David too, um, but. I mean, just staying in motion and active because, I mean, I've always found that whenever I get kind of idle or, um, what's that word? Um, I know what it's talking about. Sedentary. There we go. Um, getting kind of into the sedentary lifestyle for a little bit. Um, okay. As soon as you kind of go back and do anything, you just feel awful. Like uh, a good example is uh, I've been going, even though I've been going to the gym, I met up with a few friends and we played basketball yesterday. Um, at the park but man when I got home I was just hurting like just pain everywhere just because um, I got a bad knee too so I mean that doesn't help um, but of course uh, but of course when I got home all I want all I could think of just I literally ate and then as soon as my head hit like the couch or the pillow like wherever I was I just knocked out um, but um, feeling better today but um <laughs> But I find that, you know, you just realize that you can't really do those things that you used to be able to do and get back. Like, if I were to try anywhere near doing the, like, the schedule I had in high school, I would just be running to the ground probably by day two. Uh-huh. And so I think that, like, staying active and stay moving um, definitely helps keep the fluids going so you don't tighten up or anything like that. True. Um, anything. Yeah. Yeah, like... Echo what uh, Cole was saying, definitely like kind of like that whole not being sedentary. Mm. Yeah. Just like really be placed, like make sure you like always moving and doing something because like I've never felt like, even before sports, when I was like a kid, I'm like an ADD. I just never felt like it's okay to like sit around constantly because I feel like, yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> I feel like just sit around constantly is just something that you're not supposed to do as humans. Like we're all supposed to. Yeah. Make sure we're like doing something like I never, I've never like I- I've been raised in a, like a very like athletic thing. Like my twin yeah. sister, she played D one ball basketball, mm-hmm. and like my dad, and my mom, like were really good athletes. But I'm like I've never felt the need to really be so like like in the same place at the same time, like remotely, like not working out or not doing something, yeah. or not even like trying to build myself up mostly and physically, like try to like eat healthier or try to like make sure I'm like having at least a balance in my life because I always have to be balanced. But it's like. That's what kind of stuck with me. Like, after I got done with um, football, like, obviously working out is a bigger thing, but kind of, like, just making yeah. sure I'm, like, putting the right things in my body with food sometimes. Granted, we all pretty young and eat, eat kind of whatever, but, like, <laughs> I, do I, try sure. to, I try to do more, like, the salads, salad kind of <laughs> specials, whatnot, and kind of, like, put more good things, like, do a multivitamin every now and then, well, every day. Yeah. And I make sure, like, just kind of analyzing what's my mental health, physical health, and kind of, like, making sure everything's just... Uh, equilibrium amongst that because like, yeah, sometimes definitely. I feel like it was kind of imbalanced when it came to like doing mm-hmm. sports like you just kind of just oh I'm just all sports right now yeah. but it's like I feel like a lot of even football players I know went through like an existential kind of like identity crisis like they didn't know exactly who they were yeah outside after of fo- the game exact, outside yeah. of not having pads on so yeah. it's like you 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 kind of like position yourself in these majors where it's not allowing you to kind of like reach your full potential or whatever it might be. Yeah. But it's like, you're only doing something to fit you in that small window. Of, okay. I'm just a football player yeah. that goes to school. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's the whole like student athlete dilemma, which mm-hmm. comes first kind of deal. Right. Wow. So even podcast. that, that meaning and purpose is a huge factor that comes oh, yeah. into play with former athletes too. And then you talked about prioritizing mm-hmm. just a balance of good moderation. 
Yeah. Because it's not about, you don't have to eat a salad every single day, right? I mean, it's about oh, eating God, no. and doing yeah. things that are going to make you feel balanced and whole as a person, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also too, when he was talking about having that like, um, that like kind of ADHD kind of deal where you feel like you have to move and um, yeah. like, I mean, I know I've been like that since I was a kid, but I mean, I've had a few friends that like weren't like that when they were younger and nowadays they're like, you know, they feel like they're, if they're not doing something, then something's wrong, you know, it kind of builds oh. up that anxiety in them too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know you probably have the same case, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird thing when you feel like you're not doing anything and it feels like you should be. So um, that's kind of a different issue, I guess, but right. kind of an interesting take to see too. Cause I know like I've always felt that way about it. And my parents will say I was like, you know, bouncing off the walls as a kid. But um, I think that's kind of an interesting thing that, um, kind of develops mm-hmm. so kind of this irritability a sense yeah. of irritability yeah. i mean i had i had class with cole and he <laughs> is tapping his foot and he's always thumping during right class now. or he's like <laughs> hitting his pencil oh my gosh and i sat right behind him <laughs> yeah and you were kicking my chair like you were a kid on an airplane so who'd really have fault there <laughs> It's true, though, about not sitting still as being a former athlete, but then also, as you're saying, as a human, we're really not meant to be so sedentary Mm -hmm. like our culture is in general. So I think that's great that you both keep moving and Mm -hmm. just keep chugging along. I'm curious, too, do either of you seek any medical help in terms of chiropractor or massage or When I'm back home, I have a chiropractor I go to. Okay. Yeah. I don't do none of that. I probably should, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like I don't really have time. Like my back doesn't never really hurt that bad. I mean, sometimes yeah. I like just kind of sleep it off. That's yeah. right, kind of bad. But it's yeah. like, if anything, I put some ice on my back and like kind of like just let it just lay over and then yeah, if you want to the next day. But <laughs> I, I would definitely do it if I if I knew anybody back in Korea, back in Iowa, that does massages because he's from California, so they got that. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't got the biggest best massages back in Iowa, so it's, that's a whole different thing. So yeah, I've uh, for me for me it's a chiropractor. That's my big one. Um, because every so often when I go back home, I have to get reset. Um, and it's just I mean, because like when I if I go for probably about because I'll usually go about in between maybe about two months. This is about whenever I would like guesstimate that I go home. Um, so every time I go home, I go by my chiropractor and they make time for me. Um, but if I go probably about like four to six months without it, I'll almost definitely get like muscle spasms in my neck again. Um, So, I mean, it's kind of the thing just constantly being reset and everything. I'll get there and she'll be like, wow, your hip is like incredibly off or your shoulder is really messed up. (laughs) Um, Especially too, because I mean, I think about a year ago, I dislocated my shoulder too. So um, that was pretty good. I'm just like a walking crutch. Like I'm just injury prone at this point. But I mean, it was my throwing shoulder too, which I've had problems yeah. with in the past. So I mean, um, it's not like I can't really do anything. I can't like not pick up a ball and throw it. Obviously, I still play basketball with my friends and stuff like that. But um, but I think definitely there are things that I have to watch that I do. Like I don't even have full range of motion in my right wrist um, because I never got the bone chip removed never had the surgery because it would have put me out. That was another thing too, because that was, that injury happened actually right after my concussion. Hmm. Um, so it was about my junior year. I couldn't risk being out for six to eight months 
um, especially with holding my spot on the team. And um, I was also getting recruited at the same time too. So, I mean, I couldn't afford to sit out really in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stressors on the body. So chiropractor getting adjustments. Do either of you do yoga or stretching? we do like the basic stretching like you know before, like right. after we lift or something like that you yeah. know okay six of these and that's that's about it for me it's, oh. no it's still just as good you know well i'm setting up the joints and muscles yeah like yeah, i have like on leg day i have like for leg days i like a whole complete like stretch routine that i have to get into before i start lifting and that i'll usually do like in my room for bed yeah, like as I'm watching TV or something. Doing that. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way to that, integrate it so it's yeah. not feeling like this extra thing that you have to yeah. do yeah, in the day. Like, yeah, because I mean, I'll pretty much like do half of it, run a mile on leg day on the treadmill, and then I'll go down to a squat, uh, squat rack, and then I'll go through the rest of my stretch routine, and then I'll get lifting, but then... I mean, I find it like it, it's more of like limiting the next day pain <laughs> rather yeah. than like actually in helping. But I mean, it's definitely helping. That's important. Way. It's super yeah. important because you're both aware of your limits now with your body and the things that you have to do in order to prevent injury and any kind of pain. Yeah, no, definitely. 100%. So, my last question Do either of you have any advice for people that are? current competitive athletes on how they can maintain their overall health and well-being whether that's mentally physically emotionally spiritually whatever that looks like any advice i think that goes back to your balance thing um blake was talking about balance mm-hmm. having that balance in your life is so huge um just because it's so easy to get lost in it i mean i know for some people it's still like their love and passion which is great um, but you know, taking a little bit of time off and not spending every waking hour of the day on it is pretty helpful. Um, I think, and my advice too, is if you're hurt, just say something like, yeah, like if you're like, I mean, my wrist and my shoulder are pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had said something about my concussion. Um, but I mean, if you're hurt, just say something because, Next thing you know, I mean, I didn't know at the time, but for concussions, there's like second impact syndrome. Mm-hmm. It makes the chronic effects way worse, which I think I've kind of experienced a little bit. Um, but I mean, even then, just on the day-to-day injuries, like obviously if you're like just a little sore, maybe you're okay, sure. But I mean, if you have something hurting for like about like two to three weeks, there's definitely something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you know. I feel like yeah. people know. You know, you can't ignore it forever. Everybody yeah. knows their own body, so you know you should know. Well, you know your know your own I, limits. I don't really know. Yeah. That well. See, that's the problem. People don't know their own limits. Yeah. I say probably time management out everything. Like making sure you yeah, you're saying plenty of time to yeah. allocate for yourself, your sport. Yeah. A lot of time that doesn't work, but like yeah. to, to a certain extent, uh, making sure you know yourself outside of your sport because yeah. I'll, I'll attest to that because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do mm-hmm. when I was playing like football like between my freshman and so- sophomore year I had an idea of like where I wanted to be but then even 
like you guys in undergrad, like you kind of like go through a lot of different like phases of what you want to do and what, where yeah. you want to be at and kind of like what aspects of what kind of like inspires me to have a career in some certain field. Yeah. Like our yeah. minds change developmentally like hella, especially from, from going to high school to your, like your last year of your undergrad. Yeah. As you 18 turning like what, 22, 21. Yeah. That's, that's, years, that's years, a big years. span of you kind of yeah. finding yourself and kind of understanding like what exactly you are as a person yeah. and what you want to do. Yeah. So that was a big thing for me kind of like making sure I can kind of figure out what I want to do because I jump around from majors and majors and like I finally settled on being in public health like my junior year yeah which is kind of crazy and kind of like to attest to that I kind of had to like step away and kind of like focus more on the education side I know yeah. it's gonna be different for everybody else but like for me personally mm-hmm. kind of like understanding that okay based on the class that I'm in right now this is what I want to do and this is why the people I want to help out and this is kind of like the path I want to go for me. So like that worked for me kind of like stepping away and kind of identifying myself as a person, obviously physically making sure you're kind of not being sedentary as a, as a former athlete, kind of making sure you are using all those, the whole, every databases we look at during our um, public health, whatever, and kind of like understanding how impactful it will work for you and how like, cause everybody's different. It's going to be different for everybody. So everybody has different, different things that they excel on and things they don't excel on like all of us yeah i think like the really interesting thing too is like i think for blake because he did football through undergrad i didn't do any sports in undergrad um so i think like i had that kind of identity crisis a little bit earlier because i know as soon as you graduate like if you're not going to play professionally or something right you have this whole crisis of i have this degree that like i wasn't even sure that i want Mm -hmm. or like in something i'm not even interested like, and so now what do I do? And so I think it worked out for me a lot, like, I guess kind of like an easier route because mm-hmm. like, I mean, I moved away from home. I was here with one of my best friends <laughs> and like, we were sitting in our dorm. We're like, cause he was on my team with me too. And so we were sitting there and we we're like, now what do we do? And so yeah. I ended up, I mean, we did, I, we tried everything cause we did the whole like college freshman routine. We went to club fair, looked at clubs, and then we both ended up joining the same fraternity at a point too but um i mean we were doing like rock climbing club like stuff like that just Mm -hmm. staying active and stuff trying to get into something new kind of like almost to find like a new identity or new thing for us you know find yourself yeah a little bit yeah so i think it came luckily for me since it was earlier and i had like all these other things going on still like it was a lot easier for me to find it Mm -hmm. um rather than like if you're a former like collegiate athlete you know, you graduate and like, let's say you weren't going to grad school. Now all of a sudden you're sitting there and going, what do I do now? A lot, uh, a lot of people yeah. that I know, like, yeah, I, he's literally like, like that. Yeah, cause it's like, I mean, you go from like practicing, like literally from sunup till sundown, mm-hmm. like doing schoolwork to what, sitting in an office on an eight to five basis mm-hmm. on like five days a week. I mean- well, you don't even know if that's really what you want to do. Exactly. So that's like, that's the point. And that's yeah. like why this is so good. Cause we kind of get in two different perspectives of me playing undergrad and then him like just being an undergrad student. So like yeah. even the, the fact that like, I like knowing the fact that we both kind of went through that kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, we're growing as people through our undergrad in different ways. Obviously, yeah. us being an athlete, you not being an athlete through college, yeah. you chose like the different paths. It sometimes you have to go through through obstacles to kind of like yeah, get us as we are right now in like an, mm-hmm. our grad program, but like different things we had to go through in order to figure out that is kind of what we want to do and kind of the path we want to mm-hmm. pick. So it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I think. I think, you know, having it, 
having that kind of like not identity crisis, but or I guess identity crisis, you know, at those different age gaps. Because I mean, it's one thing if you're having it at eighteen, because you're still developing, you're still, you know, figuring out who you like, you know, figuring out those like possibilities of what you can do. But then when you're at twenty two, you know, you just graduate college and you're just and you're supposed to just start a career, but it's hard to start a career when you don't even odds are you might not even know what your career choice was or what you can do with this degree yeah you know you have bills to pay now and like even then with your bills but you you still don't know where who you are what you want like what you're going to do and that's like a common denominator too amongst like all undergrads like sports or not like everybody's going through that kind of like weird crisis of not knowing exactly if this was the major i mean i don't know the percentage wise of those who start with their major they do and like yeah. finish up with changing their major like how many, how many ever number of times they've done that and then being at your like your undergrad degree like you walk in the stage and you're like okay now I got this degree yeah. where do I go now yeah and it's like it's one of those things and it's like that's a common denominator like we all go through that so it's like it's, it's, it's a weird thing to go through but it's just one of those things we can all kind of relate to at the end of the day yeah 100% yeah the shared experience but really finding yourself outside of the sport yeah, I think you're right, though. A lot of people suffer from that identity crisis, but I think especially as being athletes, too, you didn't really have the time or space to explore fully what you're passionate about or be yeah. able to take time to try those different things. So, mm. but it's super cool. I mean, look at you guys now. <laughs> right. Who would have knew? Yeah, who would have knew? Epidemiologist, health administrator right here. Um <laughs> But honestly, you guys, thank you so much for taking time to do this today. It was super cool just to be able to chat with you and hear about your experiences, which I've known you for the last year and a half, almost two years. And I feel like I've never heard any of this. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for having us. I love fun being here. Thank you so much for listening today, and I invite you to subscribe and share the Tuning In From Within podcast show with friends and family, and feel free to follow my Instagram page at Tuning In From Within, as well as checking out our website, tuninginfromwithin.com, where you can find relevant articles, other podcast episodes, and so much more.